this. All right, one second. <clears throat> this is going to be nuts, by the way, because I'm scrambling so hard. I was supposed to record it with someone yesterday, and now here we are at 9 o'clock at night for a show that's coming out tomorrow morning. But thank you, Ryan. <laughs> but anyway, guys, welcome to Kickback with Nadem. He is I and I am him, and I am back this week with UD. It's good to see you back from your engagement honeymoon. Is that what we're going to call that? No, I was just busy. It's like, I'm just a brother with plans. Yeah, got any, no, you've got no plans. You've got no plans. Don't lie. <laughs> oh my gosh. Don't lie. Listen, I come on this platform every day with you, every time, every week with humility and respect. And you know what I get greeted with? Sass. Every we don't time, believe sass. you. You need more people. But anyway, <laughs> how was it? Did you enjoy yourself? Yes, yeah, yeah, not too bad. Not that's too good. Bad. That's good. To be honest, how have you been? Yeah, but you know what? Thanks for asking. Thanks for asking. Nobody asked me any questions on this show, but I've been good. I've been good. I've been watching the um, the, the sort of data from the podcast, and we have a new number one. What's Which that? one is it? Michael it's Johnson. Stephen Island. Stephen oh, Island has kicked Vincent Company off the top, and he Vinny's been at the top for a year. Stevie Island is number one, and to be fair, wow. Michael Johnson is right behind it now as well. Like he's he's in third, and he's ready to get up to second. This is this is good. These are cult heroes now, you know. Interesting times, interesting times. Yeah, but in, in any way, to, anyway, to talk about stuff like you know, I thought we'd lost you when you were on this engagement honeymoon thing, but it's good, it's good to see that you're back, you know, especially being so close to 100. Who are you calling it an engagement honeymoon? You're because glad. It, you know, you're it's, glad, it's, it's, a, it's an engagement honeymoon for anybody that wants to, you know, write anything to the show. You can do hashtag kickback Nadem, or you can just do hashtag uh, uh, was it engagement honeymoon. And I'm sure I'll be Engage, able to pick hashtag that up. engagement honeymoon is a is a weird hashtag. I'm just ha- saying that right now. For somebody, for somebody, for somebody that's not on social media, I think you're not going to be the person that decides what's weird on there. <laughs> just, I'm just giving you my opinion. Hey, hey, but, hey! Uh, for somebody, for somebody, for somebody whose fiance tried to take a picture of them to post on social media, but they rejected it because they don't want to leave any sort of imprints on social facts. media. All right, facts. cool. But we're, but we're weird though. But anyway, but anyway, but anyway, but anyway. <laughs> I need to give a shout out to some of those new listeners because I think the audience is like nearly double. In fact, it's possibly tripled in size in the last few weeks. So thank you very much to all you guys for subscribing. And also thanks to everybody who's been telling me what they think about each and every episode on social media. But if somebody hasn't done that yet, where can they do that, Yudi? Um, kickback underscore Nadem. On? At Twitter and Instagram. Ah, oh, success. It's taken 20 odd episodes, but he gets it. He gets it. He gets it. <laughs> easy does that mean you finally got some followers now is that what's happening or? well it's even if i had one it's still one more than you my friend <laughs> so i'm not saying i'm not saying it's about clout but one more, one is still one more than none <laughs> how about that yeah you hold that yeah okay cool but anyway <laughs> anyway so to today's show right so today's guest he's a premier league winner he's an fa cup winner and he's a, a former academy teammate of mine and in case you weren't too sure, he's the link man when we went to uh, when we went on the stag doing Copenhagen. So you know who that is, don't you? Casper Schmeichel. You guessed it, my guy. You guessed it. And to be it's fair, <laughs> he's, he's, he was our link. He was our link. If you want to, if you're gonna go to Copenhagen, you might as well bring out the king, no? Uh, good times, good times. Yeah, very, very good times. Yeah, very, very good times. We won't talk about the times, but they were good times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're blushing. <laughs> no, I'm, not. I'm just, I'm just reminiscing. I'm just, I'm just reminiscing. Yeah, there were some great times. There were some great times. But anyway, with Casper, like, 
I couldn't be happier to see how he's doing. Like there was a video of me when I went to the FA Cup final um, with ESPN. Thank you to ESPN for that. And I was screaming like a fanboy to get his attention after the game when he was walking around the pitch. And then when I saw him, it was like, ah, you know, like real happiness. That's like brotherly love, <laughs> yeah. that type of thing. I've seen the bid, yeah. Yeah, to be fair though, you've also never seen me give you that type of love as well, but it is what it is. It That's is disrespectful. It is. <laughs> but, it, but it is what it is, you know what I mean? Some people are like, like, yeah, it is what it is, it is what it is. But anyway, without further ado, I know people have been waiting for this. So here we go. This is episode 98 of 100. And this is Casper Schmeichel. Oh, look at the shirts in the background. Sensational. It's a goldie wall, mate. Yeah. Goldie wall. Yeah. I bet there's some right, right good weirdos on that wall. Like proper, proper weirdos. Hearty's on there. Yeah, say no Uh, more. Say no more. (laughs) It's as weird as they come. Yeah, exactly. No, there's there's some good ones. All Black, Casillas, Czech, Edison. That's incredible, man. That's incredible. That's that's, You know what? That, That is incredible. And even saying like the semen thing, like, our generation, even though we're seeing some of the younger people coming through now, we also saw some of those like seven people born in like early eighties, late seventies, and all that. Like that's just that's the golden generation. Then I played with them. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> that's, that's insane. That I is... actually play, I played one season with David Seaman. That's 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 insane. Yeah, that's it's amazing. That's madness, amazing. man. And then you're still flipping doing it now. And to be fair, let, like let me let me start this show by putting some respect on your name. Right. So you are Casper, and you are a Premier League winner. You're an FA Cup winner, and you are Denmark's number one goalkeeper. Bang. For anybody that's Thank doubting you. who you are, put some respect <laughs> on this man's name. And the craziest thing about it for me is like. When I say all those things, it still blows my mind that really you kind of started full-time, full-time in the Premier League in 2014. You know, like that's insane because it feels like you've been playing this level forever. But what I want to do is I want to go all the way back to see how we got here because I think a lot of people don't know that story yet. Okay. Let's do it. So obviously, you know, it's hard to talk about you without at some point having to reference your father. But... He was pretty successful. He didn't do too bad, did he? He had an all right career, I'd say. Okay. So he acceptable. had acceptable. Yeah, acceptable. It was it was acceptable. So Peter Schmeichel <laughs> had an all right career. For anybody wondering like what you're gonna learn from the show, <laughs> that's what you're gonna learn here. But to not talk yeah. about um his career specifically, I wanna know how it affected you. So how did it affect you in terms of like did you enjoy traveling around with him? Did it feel like you had to try and do what he did, or was it just you living your own life, would you say? Nah, it was, I always hear this thing that, about living up to a name. Yeah. And I've never, ever felt or, or perceived it like that. Why? Like, I, I absolutely loved that my dad was a footballer. Mm. And I loved watching him. Mm. I loved watching him play. I loved watching Man United play, traveling around Europe, went to the new camp, went to Turin, went to all these kind of places all over the world and saw football. Um and I thought it was cool and I wanted to do it too. And like, there was no, in like, I never, that was probably my naivety uh, or my, my youth of never even contemplating that there would be extra pressure or this, mm. that or the other. I never, ever expected it, never saw it, never thought of it. It was just me playing football because I, I loved playing football and I loved watching football. Yeah. I still do. Yeah. Uh, so it was never like, oh God, I've, got to do what he's done because weirdly enough 
<laughs> like winning was natural. It was normal. Mm. That was what we. That was what. That was what football was. Every every year at the end of the season, there was a party because ninety nine percent of the time <laughs> there was a trophy to celebrate. You know, so there's kind of a reality check when when I got into football. Because at the end of the season, where, where's the trophies? What's going on? Yeah, you know? that's, that's... It, it was. Um, actually, that's when you really realized wow the work that's needed the, the dedication mm. the the time the luck mm-hmm. the everything that's just needed to to win anything what? um and yeah that didn't really hit me till i turned professional kind of thing because when that when i don't know when we were in the academy i was just playing football i love playing thank football, you you know and you've you've you segued delightfully to sections which we're going to be getting to because like good. i need to call you out as well for for all the praise i delivered at the start the one I really need to say is like, who chooses to be a goalkeeper? You you start up front and you work your way back. Like, why were you even a goalkeeper? Well, I was I was up front. I was up front, but I thought it'd be unfair to people, you know, if I was, <laughs> if I was up there. No, <laughs> I was no, you say. know what? It was it was a case of two things. Like one, what could I reach? What could I get the furthest with? Now, how my my goal was winning the Premier League, was getting into the Champions League. That was what I wanted to do. So I had to look at my skill set and think, right, I'm not the fastest. <laughs> That's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, well, you're not, you're not, you're not like, you're not tragically slow. You're not tragically slow, but you're definitely not the fastest. Yeah, agreed. not the fastest. What could I be? I could be a target man, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I think I'd score, I'd score a fair few with headers, but I yeah. wouldn't, everything else would kind of yeah. probably not look right. Yeah. Um, so my skill set was was geared towards being a goalkeeper, but also there was, just, and that's where you might call me weird, but I, I love the responsibility of everything could go wrong wow. if I messed up. There's yeah. something about that that appealed to me, being the one that's relied upon to be near perfect. Mm. Um, something about that just, yeah. There, there's something that I kind of liked about that, which yeah. It's probably slightly weird, but yeah. Well, it's I'd say it's definitely weird, and it's more than slightly. But yeah, I understand what you're saying. But in some ways, though, like I see parallels with that between, in some ways, say people who are seen to be adrenaline junkies. Like for most people, it looks terrifying. But I feel like for the people in that position, they do get a sense of like the danger, but they also have a sense of control. And when they think they have control, what they have isn't fear anymore; it's excitement. Whereas those from the outside, like. Nah, that's nah, perfect nah. way of explaining it. It's per- like Aye, listen, the, the worst thing for me. The worst thing is now nowadays watching football or watching my team if I'm not playing because exactly yeah. I'm out of control. Yeah, yeah. At least horrible. when I'm there myself, I know that it hinges on me and me performing. Yeah, so sure. uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a great way of describing it. Well, you know, I've got away with worse, Casper. But anyway, you um, do, you do, you certainly do. So, what were your first impressions then when you actually joined the academy? Because to take you back to that point, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but my or our academy team so you joined when you were 16 when we were full-time but the team was basically the same for the four three four years prior to that we had goalkeepers who were set in terms of doing well and so on one of those being Wayne Hennessy and all this and then we came in full-time as a essentially as a family as a big group of guys that were hanging around together all this and it's like oh Casper Schmeichel's coming you know the, the son of the son of Peter like is he gonna is he gonna do you think he's gonna be any good like what what do you reckon this is going to be like? Blah, blah, blah. And in fairness to you, in fairness to you, in fairness to you, you were pretty good. You were pretty good. And as, <laughs> and as you would say now, like, you were sound. You were sound. And 
you know, you ended up replacing a couple of guys on that journey. But as we'll talk about later, like that's one of the downsides of the position that you play. But what were your sort of first impressions of the academy at that time? Well, like everything in my life, my probably wasn't a very normal introduction um, because before entering the academy, Kevin Keegan wanted me training with the first team. All right. So I, I actually went with the first team before I went with the under 60 or in the 17s or wherever they <laughs> wow, were. Wow, okay. So I actually I actually had my trial, my first ever session in a Man City shirt. I ended up doing shooting with Nicholas and Elka. Wow. And and getting absolutely taken apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get that. <laughs> oh my God. When I look back, I, thought, I think I must have made three saves out of 100 or something. But it was it was a baptism of fire. I got thrown into a, um, into a small-sided game where, um, you know, like keepers sometimes rotate in the mm. games. So I got rotated into one of the games where Ayel Berkovic stopped the game. Like, this dude picked the ball up, said, whoa, 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 can we swear on it? <laughs> yeah, say whatever you want. He said, what the fuck is going on here? Who the fuck is that? <laughs> and I'm still there and I go, oh, God. Everyone looking at me thinks, Oh, that's right, brilliant. Well, so, uh, so that was kind of my, my introduction because I was, still, I was still in school when I was at the yeah. academy. I mean, mm. so I, um, I actually trained, so my, the way I came in, I trained on the, in the evenings, mm. uh, on a Monday and a Wednesday. And then I joined you guys on the Saturday because yeah. you were already I was, playing the, I was playing the age up. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I joined you guys on the Saturday, which was really the only time I really mm. saw any of you. Mm. Um, and then in the holidays I was with the, because the way they used to do it was all the keepers in the holidays used to train at Carrington with mm. the, so we were like 10 keepers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I used to join them there. So I didn't actually get to spend any time with, with, with you guys, uh, that, that family, as you called it. till my first year after school. Yeah. Um, but again, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, it, and I look back at those times, like with so much, so much fondness, so many good memories. Yeah. Uh, I think, it's one of those uh yeah it was one of those experiences that that just helped shape you the yeah just the you know actually playing with guys your own well that you sl- i was one playing one year up but kind of your own age yeah you're playing in a league we were playing for something yeah yeah uh we, we had a a good i thought a really good setup yep. with alex gibson and mm-hmm. with uh with jim cassell and mm-hmm. and we had obviously the physio room, which yeah. was a, a bit of a baptism of fire in there. If, yeah. if, if you got caught in the crosshairs, yeah, uh, with uh, with Jeff and with Robin, um, yeah. and uh, yeah, it, it, I thought it was it was a great time. Uh, it, I thought it just had the perfect blend of of being allowed to be you, mm. but also teaching you that you know when you do make that step up, not to come in with. Yeah, red yeah. hair and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and and you know bling bling watches and all this kind of stuff just keep a, a kind yeah. of even keel when you do step up to the first thing because everything else in that time particularly would not be appreciated yeah to say lightly yeah to say the very least and i'm glad the way you talk about that then is the way how everybody who's been through that talks about it as well like i realized much further down the line that you know, when, once you start playing in the first team as a young player, like it's business because you've got people who are the equivalent of what you are now in that Leicester City side. You're somebody who's got three kids, has got other things to deal with. But, you know, from back then, when it's 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds, all on the same sort of page, doing the same things, in same interests, like we're a good side. And the thing is, for that age group that we were involved in, I thought it was really competitive. 
but it wasn't destructive. You know what I mean? There was a there was a grounding within it, and we were a really good side, but like we wanted the best for each other. We weren't yeah. softly, softly doing anything. And then that plat lane environment as well. I don't get me wrong; things have changed, and you know players will be fine. But I, I definitely did love that. Like t- things change over time, it. so I'm it, not. Gonna... It was great, and I even like like the college days when we yeah. weren't playing football and going. We went to Zavarian College, and mm. that was, I think I had I think I had three lessons in the whole year. <laughs> but it was, <laughs> but that was basically it. Just you know, with the lads, with with yourself, with 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 uh, with Micah, Ishmael, and yeah, it just there's so many like and and yeah. And it's great because every time, you know, when, when I do meet one of the boys from back then, we just straight yeah. away fall straight back into, like, we're doing that, just chatting away. Yeah, you know, it's, it's proper. You've kind of grown up together and everyone's gone their separate ways. But once you meet, you're straight back to, yeah. to how it was. Yeah. And I think that's because, in my opinion anyway, like, those years that you go through when you come in full time and so on, that creates a foundation for who you are as you approach your career. So even though things 100%. change, that's stuff that's been added on top but the core remains the same. And that, like, I love that. I absolutely love that. But anyway, some of those players you mentioned then, and this is myself included. So our generation kind of started getting into that first team around 2004, you know, started making their debuts and things like that. Some people going on loan and so on, but you hadn't made your breakthrough at that point, even though, as you've mentioned there, you trained with the first team before any of us had. So what I really want to know then is because this is something that came two years later is how did you feel when the club actually brought in Harty? Because in theory, he's a year younger, but at that point you weren't established as a first, as like a starter for the first team already. So how did that? How did, did you feel within that that moment? Well, it was strange because um, we we obviously had David James there, and uh, I I didn't have a contract. I had a con- my contract was running out, and and I was kind of promised as much as you can be promised. Yeah, you know, to say that you'll get you'll be next in like you'll get your chance yeah you know and it, then it will be yours to to mess up kind of thing mm-hmm. well that at least that was my understanding of it and and you know and then uh obviously the rumors about Harty started swirling and you always know there's no smoke without fire yeah, yeah. and we actually and it, it madly enough i ended up playing my first game for berry on loan at uh game meadow against Harty. yeah Shrewsbury. yeah and we met in we met in the tunnel and but because Tim Flowers was a goalie coach and Tim was at the game so he was watching obviously both of us and um we 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 met in the tunnel after or was it on the pitch and it was like well I hear there's I hear we might be teammates too <laughs> and he was like you know what I've no idea but I know Tim was here watching so and then if, yeah a few months later he was there but as much as it was a, a kick in the teeth also now like the the kind of uh, me and Joe kind of bounced off each other yeah. because we were both as football mad as goalkeeper mad as as each other mm-hmm. and uh, and we weren't at that time probably first team ready both of us yeah Joe was probably Joe was physically uh, much bigger than me uh, and I think particularly in that time uh, around the two thousand and five six era the way football was. He was more suited to to men's football, to growing yeah. up football, yeah. than I was. Um, he, you know, he uh, he got his debut against Sheffield United, where I was on the bench. Yeah. Um, and and like I say, there was all there was there was a, a tinge of disappointment for myself 
but also I'd grown really close to to Hearty, and 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 it, it it is a weird feeling that you're actually proud of the guy that's, yeah, that's yeah. there, yeah, because he he is your friend as yeah. well, but he's also your competitor. Mm-hmm. But me and Joe, we we managed and and still manage, and I'm really really grateful for that. That that we managed to to find a a level of respect yeah. and a level of friendship that kind of surpassed football. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of knew that we weren't going to be fighting for the same spot always. Yeah. You know, whoever got the spot would probably keep it. Yeah. And, uh, and we, we were given each our chances. Um, and, and obviously Joe ended up having an yeah. unbelievable career at Man City and, and, and still, still, you know, still a top class goalkeeper now at a massive club again, mm. and uh, and showing it. Luckily, I'm ha- I'm so happy for him that he's getting to to play, yeah. and getting to show it at, at that level again. Um, but someone that I just learned so much off, mm. you know, because you, you know, people can talk about Hearty in about lots of things, but you're not going to find a mentally stronger person than him. Yeah, like he he is so he is and has been. So incredibly strong, and to 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 have happened, what's happened to him over the, the 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 last few years, and and maintain the mindset, the positivity, the professionalism that he that he has and does every single day, like wow, yeah, hats off. That's that's that for me. That is elite level. Yeah, yeah for sure. That is elite level. Yeah. Um. So, like I say, back to your question. Yeah, a kick in the teeth, but now sitting here as thirty four years old. A friend for life, yeah, and someone that we have followed each other all the way through our careers. We've played it with each other, against each other, and and you know, grown up together. I'm I'm really really grateful to to have had that. Do you know what? Not to have that. Not to not to gas you up, but when people ask me like who are the best keepers I've played with and stuff, I I tend to say you two, and it's just crazy that the two of you existed at the exact same time. (laughs) So as a consequence, you could only ever play with one, you know. But I'm I'm not trying to gas you up. I'm going to move on from that as quickly as possible. (laughs) I'm going to move on quickly as possible. But right. So after when um you mentioned one of the loans there, and you dropped down to Bury and. Darlington as well and then you even fled the country to play in Scotland but it seems nuts like you say you weren't ready but like surely there must have been someone that was higher up than those than any of those clubs in terms of that footballing pyramid that you could have gone to in that time or was it literally a case of they're the only ones that weren't to take a chance no I mean I think having realized that this was going to take probably more than normal I people were always going to Again, this is probably my naivety. I thought I could just go in and show who I was. Yeah. But the comparison, even now, like I'm still, I'm 34. Like you say, three kids, and I've, I've won what I've won. People will still compare me, you know. Yeah. And naively, I probably thought back in the day that that wasn't going to follow me for that long. You know, I'd, I'd start playing first team football, and the, and it was slowly ebb away. Um, but I had to prove myself because people expected something of me coming in the door. Mm. Right, like you said, Schmeichel's son's coming to the you know to to Man City. Yeah. What's he going to be like? Yeah. Is he going to be good? All this kind of thing. That was going to be the case everywhere I went. Yeah, until I was more established, you know, until yeah. people knew who I was. So going to it started off with Darlington, which was a, an emergency loan. I remember the day getting called in the office, like saying, "Darlington, want to take you on loan? Do you want to go?" Like I was. I remember I had, we had an afternoon session and I was on fire if I have to, if I do say so yeah, myself. Yeah. I was buzzing. 
I was so happy. Like, I can't even describe it. I was going to go play first team football. Yeah. And I was, yeah, I was just so, so happy. And uh, I drove up there. I had to borrow my mum's car because I didn't have, I, I, I didn't have a sat nav uh, back then. This, that's, that's how long ago it was. I, was, yeah, I needed man. to use an A to Z if I needed to go up there. But my mum had one of the first sat navs. So I borrowed her car to go up there and uh, played the day after. Met the manager in the hotel, met the players an hour and a half before the game. And played, and it was it was class. We played, I think it was Peterborough. We won two one, and yeah, and it's kind of snowballed from there. And then I went to Bury, which was great for me because City were great in the sense of I was always pushing to go. Once I'd had that little taste of playing first team football in front of a crowd, yeah, like playing in front of a crowd, that kind of adrenaline kick, you know. And um, so I was always pushing to go out on loan. Tim Flowers was helping me, you know, and and Bury came up, and Bury was great because. It was not far from Carrington mm. and City insisted on me training. If we didn't have a midweek game, I'd train there till Thursday. Okay. So I trained at City and then I trained Thursday, Friday, played Saturday mm-hmm. at, uh, at Berry. So I got the best of both worlds, you okay. know. Um, so I've got the games and all that kind of thing. I also got the grounding of training on Goshen Park. Yeah. You know, dogs running around, <laughs> uh, glass on the pitch and all that kind of stuff, you know people just walking there walking through the middle of the park and then going to the luxury of Carrington yeah so I, I kind of you that's when you I really started appreciating wow we got something even I mean standards now of, of training grounds yeah. Carrington isn't what yeah, yeah of what, course, yeah. but back then Carrington was one of the yeah, best decent, yeah, and and I remember coming back in just having a locker was like wow yeah do you know what because these these lads had nothing yeah, and yeah they had a peg sure. they had a peg and that was it and they were, you're training on a on a park and if we all put in a fiver then on the thursday we could train we could we could train on a on a grass pitch called littleton road yeah so you know that and, and we're coming out and training on these great facilities mm-hmm. so you really start appreciating right the football pyramid that there's a hierarchy yeah there, for and, sure and actually you got to appreciate because you have to wash your own clothes yeah had to wash all your own clothes and and all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, going out alone was great. And I, there wasn't at the start there wasn't a great deal of of interest. Mm. I think people were apprehensive. I think people were thinking, you know, who is he? What kind of keeper is he? You know, is he going to be like his dad? Is he not going to be like his dad? Is his dad going to be around? You know, interfering or mm. is he going to be? You know, people. I think there's so many question marks. Yeah from 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 managers and 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 probably owners and and see they weren't really sport sporting directors back then yeah um and particularly at that level so it was great because uh i know falkirk when you say i fled the country <laughs> i uh it, they actually i think from what i hear they actually came came to manchester for hearty oh okay um hearty was meant to be playing in a resi game um, at the, the one next to the, the city yeah. of Manchester Stadium, or the Etihad, it was now. Yeah. Um, and I was uh, some. I don't know how. He, I don't know if he went on loan to Blackpool. Anyway, I ended up playing and having a good game, and they ended up taking me. Wow. Uh, and again, that was a, a going to play Scottish Premier League, mm. which you know, you, all of a sudden you're playing at Parkhead, you're playing at Ibrox. You, yeah. My, I played my first ever televised game. Yeah, you know that kind of thing. So getting that experience, going there, we, we beat Celtic live TV. I saved the penalty. Wow. We beat them one nil. Yeah, having that kind of wow, that that was that was big time. Mm. You know, 
Um, and again, after that, there was no stop. I, I was just desperate. Yeah. Now I need to, I need, this is, this is me. This is my life. I love this. I love the match days. Love all that. Yeah. Um, and so, then I got my, here we my go. Chance at City. Here we, yeah. Well, yeah, you got a chance at City and that, that came through somebody who looking back is a very consequential manager in terms of your footballing career. And that is Sven-Goran Eriksson. And at the start of his season, I think it's 2007. So I think there was you there, there was Harty, and there was Isaacson as well, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. And what was it? What was the saying? Did you each get seven games each, or was it eight? I got seven. Um, it was. I wasn't aware of this to start off with. Right. Okay. Um, what happened was, we were kind of. I had. I. I you know, looking back, I had a really good preseason. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think Sven was surprised. I think I surprised him. I didn't think uh, he didn't think I was as good as I was. Yeah. And I, I had um, we played a game in Sweden on on I think it was against Kolstad, mm-hmm. and I came on at halftime. I had I proper had the pump as well because I I wasn't starting the game, um, and. I came on and I, I, I kind of had a point to prove and I yeah. ended up having a storm. I saved the penalty as well. Uh, I had some great passing and, and yeah, it was like a really good game for me that second half. Mm. And after that, things kind of changed the way Sven looked at me, I think. Okay. Uh, or at least, at least that was how I felt. Um, and we ended up going into the week before the game, uh, the first game of the season, which was West Ham away where Andreas was injured. Mm. And we we did a warm up where it was one of them that where the, the coach right everyone getting threes or getting four anyway, and Harty jumped over on me, and he caught his finger mm. on the back of my shirt and dislocated his little finger, mm. and ended up not being able to train for a couple of days, which meant it was only me that was fit, and then Harty came back I think on the Thursday. Or so and trained and trained fine and, and he was fine. And there was this question mark who's going to play. I didn't know. Apparently, everyone else did, I, but I didn't. I, wasn't, <laughs> I, I hadn't been told. So it ended up, we went to West Ham and uh, the night before, in the evening, uh, Eric Steele, the goalie coach, knocked on my door and said, Do you know what's happening tomorrow? I was like, I've got a clue. Not a clue. I said, Well, you're playing. I was like, oh, that you know cloud nine yeah right. yes this is it can't wait mm. and i played kept the clean sheet you know um did you play in that yeah game? okay yeah, played in that yeah, one, yeah. You, you, well listen i don't want to i don't want to mention it but i did get an assist but i don't want to mention it was, was, yeah, but was that for the second or first second goal? it was the second one i, like oh, I, I don't want to men- i don't want to mention it but yes i got an assist if that's what you're trying yeah, to get me i don't make me talk about it but yeah i got an assist no, yeah. did you because I'm trying to think of the team. It was Cholu- I, was, I think it was Choluca started. Choluca that that's started. right, yeah. yeah I but I came that. on, yeah. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Because I remember, I remember everyone's like, that was a, like, wow. Yeah. Nathan's not starting. <laughs> wow. wow. No, I do remember that. It, it was like, because we didn't, we, we, no, Charlie was new. We, yeah. We, we didn't really know him. Yeah. And, back, you know, we, everyone's thinking speed, speed. You need speed and mm. all that. And Charlie wasn't, didn't yeah. look like someone who was rapid. Yeah, he but wasn't. But he was he, a good he player, just, though. He was a very good player, though. He was a very he just cruised, didn't he? He was just on cruise control. But um, yeah, it was a, it was a great game. Um, 
I remember the feeling was incredible mm. of making your debut. You, you'll you'll know that feeling. It's mm. just I don't know. I, I came out for the warm up and it was I was so comfortable. Like I just like it was as if th- this was what I was born yeah. to do. Yeah, kind of thing. There was there was I remember no nerves. It was just like this is it. Yeah, that's this awesome. is what all the loans, all the hours, all the training, everything has led up to this moment. And I was just going to like, no matter what happens, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to yeah, love every minute of this. Because, sure. you know, you never know. In yeah. football. And I ended up, I got, I got seven games and, and then he didn't. And that was that, you know, Do you know, um, no. to, to talk about West Ham just for a second, I don't, I want to know what your take is on this because I don't necessarily know the history, but West Ham, like as a club and the fan base, they're tough. You know what I mean? Like that's tough. That's East London tough. But the thing that I never understood is how I'm coming out on the fit pitch and they're like bubbles blowing by my head. <laughs> like I associate bubbles with like children's things. Yet still, this is like a really hostile environment. Does that not throw you off a little bit? Um, That's, you know what I mean? Well, well, well I, I know what you mean now. But do you know what? I never even thought of it. Like it's the it's, hammers. That's just tough. always been West Ham. I yeah. Just, I, do you know what? I, I genuinely, yeah, of course there's bubbles. But I don't know, for the first time now, I'm actually thinking, yeah. There is bubbles. I've so, never, never even thought of it. So, like, they get ready. For, they could get ready for games. The <laughs> announcers like getting everybody really hyped. They're like singing, like they're doing the cross the weather. song, the song. Uh, yeah, forever blowing bubbles. That, that, that sounds amazing. Like but, when, the, yeah, to be fair, yeah. Park, that sounded incredible when listen, you came out. Listen, it, it sounds a lot better after you beat them there, though, because that's the sound of silence. Like, I enjoy, <laughs> <laughs> enjoy that. Enjoy that. But anyway, always enjoy that. Did, what did you think of Sven? Because I think. Um, from the outside, maybe people don't really understand Sven, but for me, like I enjoyed playing for Sven. And I think oh, a lot yeah. of people did as well. Like, did you? Was it I the same think, for you? Yeah, I think anybody that you ask that's played for Sven, ninety-nine percent of them say they love playing for him. Yeah, and I, I was no different. I mean, we we had a, we had a weird situation that, that occurred in, with the whole me not wanting to sign a contract, to signing a contract, to being not playing two days yeah. after signing. And it was a bit of a weird kind of situation that, but one thing with Sven was he, he made you feel on top of the world. Yeah. But for me, at least yeah. that, that was the kind of going into games. You, you felt amazing. Like, cause this guy had worked with everybody. Mm. Like he, he'd been at all the biggest clubs in all the biggest leagues. He'd been in Italy when Italy was like the flagship of football. Yeah. One with Benfica, he'd been everywhere, yeah, and kind of just, yeah, he he was the first one who ever called me world class to my face. Wow, which I've I've never thought of myself in those terms. Yeah, but here was this guy that had managed so many keepers, and he said he he said to me that he was the on on the on like on the line. I, had the, I was the fastest, like the fastest reflex he'd ever seen. Mm. And that made me just feel like on a different level. Mm. Um, and I think that's what he did with, with players. He made them feel good and he was, he was a man manager. You yeah. know? He was very good with people. He was, we, we'd come from, from Stuart Pierce, which was very, you know, rules and yeah. very yeah. kind of, you know, you, Com-C, this Com-C, is how you do men, also that type of thing. Yeah. I know what you're trying to say. Yeah. To, so Sven was kind of like, listen, guys, you're adults. Like, I'm yeah. not gonna babysit you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, like, behave yourself, and you know, play football, enjoy playing football. Which was like, I think the whole room the first after the first meeting, 
Mm. I think he said something like, guys, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not the kind of manager that has loads of rules. I, I expect you to behave like adults and, and I expect you to, to do your best. And yes. that's kind of as simple as it is. I think that was like, wow, okay, brilliant. Mm. And, and yeah, was, do you know what? The, to, to just like, to double down on something you said there, like if Sven said that to you, he would genuinely believe it because he's not yeah. somebody that would lie to the players. So if he's giving you a compliment and you think about his history and stuff like that, like it, it felt, it definitely felt like something. And people, you know, from the outside would say he's a bit passive and this, that, and the other. And obviously the season didn't end yeah. the way we needed it to. But the start of that year was the most hope and excitement I've seen from City in a very, very long time. It was incredible. I mean, that, that start we had, and I think, he, he didn't he tell us something like January that he was already been, he was going to be sacked in the summer. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, I remember. I remember thinking. I remember him actually calling us together, and saying that he was leaving at the summer. Everyone think, what? Yeah, we're doing. We're doing well here. Yeah, it's madness, and, mate. It's madness. But I can't, I can't it, remember when it was. But all right, let's let's keep this rolling. Okay, so you played those seven. You didn't finish the season. You ended up going on loan to Coventry. So you're getting more football again. And you Cardiff. know, oh, sorry, Cardiff. Yeah. So that's Cardiff, you know. Then Coventry. Yeah. So this is what you want to do. You want to keep playing. You want to keep playing. You want to keep playing. Yeah. You've, and it's good because you've got that level of desire. You know, you don't want to just sit on your hands and anything like this. And you kind of said that the deal which you signed, or your father said that the deal which you signed is something which you regret. Is that right? That is correct. Yes. And is it correct that he said it, or is it correct that you thought it was? Well, the way the way. This is my obviously my experience of how it went down, and again, it could it could be very different from 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 how they perceived it, the people behind the scenes perceived it. You know, I, I was out of contract, mm. and uh, I was on my I'm on my first you know young contract, so I was on you know I was on absolutely no money at all back mm. then, um, and uh, and I, I I had my contract was running out at the start at the end of the year, yeah, and. I was playing in the Premier League. Mm. Like, couldn't be in a better position. I think I was 18, 19 years old. Like, happy days. And I was like, well, you've, you've, you've brought in Joe in front of me before. You know, you've, you know, I've been told many times that it was going to be my time, my time. I'm not sure I trust this, the setup. Mm -hmm. Then Sven came in and obviously the way he spoke to me and actually played me, he actually put me in the team. Mm -hmm. Made me think, what well, do you know what? And he, he, you know, he was telling me, and the club was telling me, you know, you, you, you know, you'll that, and and the contract they put in front of me proved, all right, they're serious about me. Mm -hmm. And I ended up, I ended up signing it because I thought, right, I'm playing in the Premier League. I played seven games at that point. I'm thinking it's going well, and why not? I'm at Man City. I'm at a massive club. I'm playing in the Prem, loving life. They're offering me a contract that shows me that they're serious about me. So what's not what's not to love? You know, Sven Sven's keep telling me that that uh, that I'm going to play and and you know that I'm world class and whatever. So I thought, right, well, this is it then. That I, you know, I'm going to keep going here. So I signed the contract. I think I signed the contract on the Tuesday, or the Wednesday, or Thursday, or something like that. And trained. We play Newcastle at home, um, and. I remember when we went to the hotel, I trained as normal, went to the hotel at the Radisson where we usually stayed. And after dinner, Sven pulled me to one side and just said, uh, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to play Joe tomorrow. And 
you know, that hit me like a truck. Like, what? What? I just signed a con. What? Like, I couldn't. Mm. And in my, again, naivety and youth, I just said, okay, and left. Like, I didn't. Yeah. You know, I, did, I didn't put up a fight or anything, which looking back, I should have done. I should have said, hang on, what, what, what's going on here? Yeah. What? You've just told me all this stuff. I've just signed the contract on the back of everything you said. And then you do this. I should have said that, but I didn't. I was young and I didn't, you know, I didn't want to be disrespectful. I didn't know how to handle that kind of situation. Um, like I say, the coaching staff at the time will maybe have a different account of, you say there's seven games. I No one had ever told me mm. that I had seven games. I don't know if, so don't know if this I, is me I looking back now and seeing it's 777 seven, seven, or if at the time I yeah, thought it was 777. Yeah. Seven, seven. Like well, I, it, it is. It, well, it ended up obviously being 777. Seven, seven, yeah. I think it was. But, but, um, but yeah, that's, that, that threw me. That threw me. And, and that meant I was tied down. Mm. That meant I was tied down for four years. Mm. Um, and made it very difficult to leave mm. because obviously Joe came in, played, did well. He gave uh, Andreas his seven games. Mm -hmm. But I think he then overall thought that Joe was going to be the one. So he ended up going with Joe, Yeah, which then put me in a difficult position because Andreas had the World Cup for Sweden coming up, Yeah, which is why he gave him, unfortunately, Andreas gave him that game at Middlesbrough. The, the infamous which, game at Middlesbrough, which, yeah. Yeah, the infamous, <laughs> the infamous one. Like, but, but that kind of left me completely out in the cold as third choice that let that, that left me traveling mm -hmm. but not getting changed mm. um which when you've when you've played that just weren't me again i couldn't go back to that yeah which is why when when um when dave jones came in from cardiff to to to, to go and play i was like i was straight into sven's office and listen I, I need to play i need to go yeah this is like i'm i'm, I'm training every day I'm traveling, but I'm not even getting changed. I need to get out and and uh, and play again. So, like, luckily he let me go. You know, in, in in all fairness to him, and I went and I played. I think 14 games there. Loved every minute of it. it was class. Mm. Like, absolutely loved it. Came back, and because back then you could only do a month at a time. Yeah. Uh, so I extended a, a month to the maximum of three months. Right. And then. Uh, at the end of the season, the the opportunity to go to Coventry came up with Chris Coleman. Yeah, uh, and again, fantastic. Came went into a, a relegation battle. Um, again, great experience going to these different clubs, different kind of environments, uh, different cultures in the club. Uh, but going going to Coventry in that relegation battle, I'd been I'd been in the relegation battle in in League Two. Yeah, then going and doing it in the Championship. Um, you know, going into the last day of the season, we we went to to Charlton away, and I had you know, and needing a result, and mm. I had an app. So it's probably the worst game I've ever played in my entire career. You know, <laughs> oh I, I messed up after two minutes. Oh I think God. I think we lost. I think we lost four one. Wow. Four two maybe. It was awful. It was absolutely awful. And luckily for us, and. <laughs> You know, now being at Leicester, Leicester went and were relegated. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah that yeah. that season. Um, um so we ended up staying up. But but again, Chris Coleman, man management, just incredible. Young guy having come in and messed up as badly as I did, that game pulled me to one side, uh, you know, after the game, said, Listen, forget today. We stayed up, that's the most important thing. You're gonna have a great career. I've watched you play. I've watched you train. 
and I've loved coaching you. So forget about today, move on and just enjoy football. I was like, yeah, that yes. made me feel so much better. I, uh, so I was doing some work with Chris Coleman in the, for the Euros what for ESPN. Top, unbelievable human being. What a, Unbelievable. What a like yeah. I'd never met him before, but I thought, wow, this is a guy like, yeah. Like, listen, no. I'm happily retired, but they're one or two people who I come across and I'm like, you know what, you, you could maybe do it. Maybe you'd be the one. But then I'm like, no, 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 I'm definitely not. I'm definitely you, not coming You'd back. run through a brick wall for him. Yeah, you know? I, I agree with that. That, that that's, that's, the kind of, he's, that's the kind of guy he is. And then, yeah, I absolutely loved, uh, loved playing for him. And that meant a lot to me. After yeah. that, you know, for a young keeper having such a poor game in such an important setting, um, you know that meant a lot. So, so yeah, that was that was kind of my situation up uh, at City, um, mm. and then Mark Hughes came in, yeah, um, and things just got progressively worse from there <laughs> yeah. for me. Yeah, um, I can I can see that. I think the similar sort of thing kind of happened to Joe as well, didn't it? But let's not dwell on yeah, that. I, yeah, let's not dwell on yeah. that because because we, we're talking about your story here, yeah, and yeah. your story involves you now leaving Man City. But, it took it took a while though. Yeah, it, it did, took a yeah. while. It did. It took a while. Um, which, again, at the time, horrible time, really horrible time. I hated it. Hated every minute of it. Uh, but also now looking back, it was very good for me to learn. Yeah. That that you know, one don't trust anybody. Yes, that's a big don't lesson. Don't trust anybody. It's a big lesson. You know, and. You have to do you. Yeah. So even though I was, I don't even know if I was third, fourth, or even fifth choice, because, I mean, they brought in Shea, they brought in Gunnar Nielsen, they, they yeah. brought in so many. Yeah. And I was nowhere to be found in this, in these, in these plans with no communication of my situation. I was denied a Bundesliga club, a La Liga club, uh, and another Championship club to go on loan. Mm. They wouldn't let me. Because we had European football, they said they need four keepers, which they then got when Gunnar came in as well. And still they wouldn't let me go. And I was thinking, what the mm. what is going on? But that was the year that I learned right. When you get the, into these situations, you've got to be so focused on yourself so that when the day comes, when the chance comes, you are ready. There's no yeah. hangover from the year you've had. Mm-hmm. So you've got, to, you've got to be even more focused. And also, these coaches, the ones that you feel are against you, they never give them an opportunity to say anything against you. Yeah. Never give them an opportunity to justify the decision of not playing you. Yeah. Never give them that opportunity of the satisfaction. Says, well, see, his attitude, that's yeah. why he didn't. Yeah. So be, be, be in, first man in, last man out. Yeah. You know, that's, and this obviously that's easy when before you have kids. Yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's completely that, different. That's yeah. a lot easier. Yeah, you know? yeah, you have to leave and, a bit sooner my, when you got kids to get was, to. My yeah. wife was at uni, so she she wasn't home till like six or seven <laughs> in the evening. So I could I could spend my whole day there training and doing oh, all sorts. Man. But it it just meant it just meant that I was ready. Yeah. Whenever that chance came, and like that that we came in the next preseason. That that was for a year. So that we came in the next preseason, and. um Again, I had the same Bundesliga club come in and I had a couple of different really interesting opportunities that I really wanted to do. And the club just kept saying, no, no, no. So I thought, this is, this is, this feels personal mm. because 
why do they keep saying no? They don't. They obviously don't want me here. Mm. I've obviously they just don't fancy me or something. It's one thing if a coach says, "I'm not having you. You, you know, you're not yeah. good enough." Yeah. But when you're not, they won't talk to you. They won't tell you anything. They just keep saying, "Nope, nope, can't go, can't leave, can't go on loan, won't play you, won't talk to you." It's like. What'd you do? Yeah, I got you. So we we it ended up it ended up unfortunately that I had to get angry, you know, and mm. and we you know, we had some exchanges with the club through my agent where like, listen, this is just this is a piss take now. You know, season started already mm. and you're not letting him go. You're not even willing to listen to any offers for loans for anything. He's not even traveling. What's the situation here? And we ended up like, I don't know how, but we ended up getting out. I think Sven ended up ringing the club uh, because obviously Sven yeah. was in Knox County. Yeah. And in his way, making it happen because yeah. I came in from training one day and I had a missed call from Sven. Yeah. And I knew he'd gone to Knox County. I thought, Right, what's all this about? So, listen to the voicemail, and Sven, can you call me back? And you know, I've got an, uh, a proposition for you. So, I rang him back and said, "What do you think about coming to Notts County?" And, and we're doing, we're trying to do something special here. All these kind of things. I think you're not last League Two. Like, mm. I don't want, I don't want to go to League Two. But what's my alternative? Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's, there's no alternative. I, and I said to him, "Listen." They won't let me go. Like I've had X club, Y club, Z club. Non, they they've said no to everything. So if you can get them to say, then yeah, I mean, as, if it gets me out of here and gets me playing again, then then that's you know that's that's what I'm gonna have to do. And I spoke to my dad about it, and you know he was just saying, well, you're you're 22, just play. You just got to play. It doesn't yeah. doesn't even matter whether it's League Two. Just get out and play. Sometimes you've got to take two steps back and then, you know, to mm -hmm. see the bigger picture. So I ended up saying to Sven, yeah, well, listen, if you can make it happen from your side, then I'm in. And lo and behold, Sven made read his magic. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I was a... Uh, I was a Notts County player. Yeah, which is which it seems insane. Like I know you were this part of a project, but like Sven being in charge of a team that was in League Two, it's part of a project that's Notts County. Like it's nuts. And for a parallel, by the way, so that year when you were there was the year when City got bought out, wasn't it? Like, yeah. Well, no, yeah, no, that was the year before. They just the, when Shaikh Mansur came in. That was just I managed just I think a few a few months. Just before. I managed to train with like Carlos Tevez and and right. a, a few of those boys for a little bit before I left. Okay, so Casper Schmeichel, who came through the academy, who'd had a taste of the first team, was now playing in League Two as Man City were now the richest club in the world. Okay, yeah. so it seems your story's <laughs> taken somewhat of a turn here. Yeah, it somewhat did. of a turn, it but it starts to turn again. Because lo and behold, you know, you have a great season at Notts County. You're unequivocally the best goalkeeper in that league by a mile. You get promoted, all that stuff. Because obviously that's not your level. And then you get a move to Leicester City. And who was in no, charge? Leeds. Leeds, sorry. Leeds. You do, was it Leeds, Leeds first before Leeds. Leicester? Leeds, yeah. Yeah. But well, again, you, you talked before about the phone ringing. Yeah. So I played the, the season in League, in league 2. We kept 26 clean sheets. Wow. I think I kept 24 of them because I missed the first three games because the season had already started. 
So I kept 24 clean sheets um, and we won the league by, you know, by 10 points, I think, in the end. Uh, mad season. I didn't get paid for six months. And, nice. and it was just just a crazy, crazy season. But I was playing and it was great. It was being part of a team and yeah, all that was great. And um, I was free because because of the financial constraints on the club and all that, we we, we agreed to terminate my contract. So I was, I was a free agent. I was thinking, right, well, this is a perfect situation now. There's going to be offers. And there was nothing. Mm. The phone did not ring. Mm. Um, and I went three weeks, I think, before a chance meeting with my dad's accountant. Okay. Seems uh, solid. Who, Seems like a regular football. Who, who was an accountant also for the CEO, I think, of Leeds at the time. Mm-hmm. Who who we just chatting out oh, what's going on and, and all this kind of thing. Uh, you know, any any interest and you heard anything? I was like, no, I've heard nothing. So I thought, I'm sure the, the the chairman was saying something about Leeds needing needing a keeper. I was like, well, ask him, ask him. And so he rang them and asked them and they did. And um and yeah, it, it went pretty fast from there. Yeah. Uh, and then I joined Leeds. And did you, um, I saw something online which was saying that you never felt you were fully welcome there because of your dad's history. Is that true? It was a weird, it was a weird situation at Leeds because I felt coming into the club, you could see it was, a, you could feel it was a huge club, yes. like a massive, yeah. massive club. I remember going on pre-season with them, I think to Slovenia or to Slovakia or something like that. And there being like so many Leeds fans. I'm thinking, this is, this is a massive club. It just wasn't run very well at the time. Yeah, yeah. It, it was um, there. As much as there, there was a, a positivity from coming up, there was so many years of frustration. I think at the way the club was run and being in League One for so many years, and it was as if and and again, it might it might be me probably noticing the negatives more than the positives. Yeah. Uh, because there was definitely positives because you know you're filling Allen Road. It's a massive stadium, and mm-hmm. you're doing that in the Championship. And and Leeds historically is a massive club, and it's a it's a great club. Uh, and I think now now you can see when they when they're run properly, you see what happens. They, they you know they get to the Premier League, and and that that is what the potential that club has and had. But for me, I, I was just always reminded that I wasn't. One of them. It might have been by the individual few, but it was the it was the feeling it gave me. Yeah. And the club didn't. I felt the club at the time didn't really give me the protection that I needed. Yeah. They would. They we they used to do this uh, these a lot of times Q and As with the fans, mm-hmm. um, which which can be great, and I actually do love doing things like that. But it was kind of a, a free for all. Yeah. And uh, and a lot of the times it would be. It would be with a with an undertone of of the hatred towards Man United, which you know I've, I've never played for Man United. You know, mm, yeah, mm. I supported them as a as a boy and and uh, and, and followed them because of my dad. Um, but there was always that kind of undertone. You know, you get asked the question, well, what what did you do on on whatever date? I'd be like, I, I have no idea. And if, well, that was the day we beat United. <laughs> so, like, sorry, sorry. I mean, I barely know what I did last week. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't tell you what I was doing on a certain date, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and then obviously Alex Bruce joined as well. Another 
former United uh, player's son, and they'd stick us on the stand together. Right. And it'd just be kind of awkward sometimes. Mm. And the, the, the fans would, would sing things like, your dad's a cunt, but we like you. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's just not that's just not helpful, is it? You know? <laughs> no, there's an that's just not helpful. Oh, I'm, I'm supposed to say thanks, or you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not even a backhand. It's a proper slap in the face yeah. and a cuddle after. You know, yeah. So, um, so that was an interesting. So it, it was year. just it was just weird, and, and I I just felt the club the way that it was run at the time wasn't conducive, really to it, it was it was well, what i would say it was struggling to find its identity again yes. from what it was it was in a transition yeah it had it had a it had an owner that the fans weren't happy with it had a manager that probably wasn't you know i don't know if he if if he was you know i i don't how do i explain this he just didn't really i didn't feel have my back yeah in in those situations, I'd never re- I never really knew where I stood. Yeah, you know, and the kind of person I am, when I know where I stand, that's when I perform at my best. Yeah, um, perfect. And hold that thought because this is another yeah. perfect segue that you've just created here. Because if we talk about people who know to know where you stand, then Sven is definitely one of those people, and he brought you across to Leicester, and then yeah. lo and behold. Like, lo and behold, at Leicester, I think you're player of the year that first season or whatever. And then the next two years, like, there's there's all sorts going on. You're not missing games. There's none of this stuff whatsoever. And I think when we see, the way we see Leicester now wasn't necessarily how Leicester was back then. So when you first went there then, like, what was the club actually like? You know, like, is it a million miles away from where it is now? Or was it, or could you see that this could potentially happen? There's many parts to that question. Uh, well, firstly, it was the way it happened. Sven was after me again. You know, he was calling me, asking me if I wanted to come. He was now manager again. Yeah. And we played Leicester, and you know, he was saying that we've got these new owners. They're brilliant. They're really serious about in the Premier League. I really wanted to go. I really wanted to go. Um, but like my 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 advisors and stuff, they were saying, "Well, listen." You've already been on loan so many. You keep changing clubs. You need to stick it out somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you you need to. If you're wanting wanting to create an identity, you have you have to create it somewhere. You can't be the guy who just keeps leaving every year. Um. So I kind of said no, foolishly, and ended up, you know, Ken Bates ringing me saying that if you don't leave, you know, we'll, you know, you'll be training with the under 18s for nice. the rest of the year and nice. From from the yeah, 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 great touch and <laughs> from, <laughs> love lovely touch and and Simon Grayson coming out and saying you know you know I wasn't good enough for Leeds and nice and and all this yeah he said that I'd conceded forty seven goals in that season not considering a few of the games where I'd been injured I was injured for two months and we lost six three six two <laughs> five nil so, so like right brilliant they yeah. obviously want me out yeah so, yeah. Sven, I'm in. Yes. I'm all in. Yes. Luckily, so it, it happened, and stepping through the door, it was like coming home. Okay. It was such it was such a weird feeling. It was like, right, this is what I've been looking for. This mm. is what I've been searching for all this time. Because you say, is it different? The club at the it now is a million miles from what it was, but it also isn't. Okay. It's the same people. It's 
you know, the, I, I sat with 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 uh, with Andrew Neville, who is still director of football operations. You know, yeah, I sat with him signing my contract with Anthony Hurley, who was head of media now, who is now director of communications at the club. All the same people. So many of them still there. Mm-hmm. So that that family feeling has survived um it the board the owners uh i remember meeting the owners uh after the coventry game that we played my first game against coventry um and then telling me that we would be in the champions league within the next five years did you believe him did you believe him well do you know what it's one of those first when he first said it you're thinking i've heard this before Notts county yeah, yeah we'll be in the premier league in five years heard this before but there was just something about this man that you thought nah he means this mm. and he yeah he means this there's no like there was no kind of hesitation there was no like the the, the expression nice of patient used delusions of grandeur mm. it was no 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 I'm I've got the money to back this up and I'm going to do it mm. and I was like right yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I love that. I love the fact that he put his money where his mouth and said, we're going to be in the Champions League. Mm. And, um, yeah, the, the club as a whole is just, the way it's run is just run proper. Yeah. And the people are proper people. We got, Sven was only there for I think, 10, 10 games. Mm. And we had, we had a terrible start to the season. I think we were ninth. We lost to Millwall at home and, um, we lost three 0 at home. We were, you know, we were, we weren't. We played football that was probably the type of football you'd play in the Premier League, but not in the Championship back then. Yeah, yeah, got you. And when Nigel Pearson came in, Nigel is the guy who deserves so much credit for where we are today. Yeah, because he set the foundations. He laid the first bricks. You know, the ones that are holding everything up where we stand now. Because the way he ran the club. The people he appointed, there's, there's so many of them still there today, all these years later. You know, Wes came in uh, in the January mm. and he's only just retired now. But, you know, Vard's come in and we had Fuxi left. And there's so many people, Mark Albrighton, that have stayed for a long time, that have had opportunities to leave mm. to, to what people would perceive as bigger clubs. But there's a reason they stay. Yeah, it's because I don't. I, I I've been at many clubs and I've never encountered a club that treats their players with that much respect and responsibility as Leicester do. Yeah, and when I go away on international duty and I sit at the dinner table and I listen to the stories of all the players at all these big, fancy, you know, great clubs, I'm thinking, do you know what? Your your life and is not. It's just not really the way they treat you. I would not want to be treated that way. Mm. You know, I really like the way that Leicester treats people, yeah. not just the players, but the staff. Yeah. Um, and that all filters down from the owner, and that's filtered down. That filtered down from day one. Yeah, I totally um, agree. That stuff has to come from the top. It has to. It and it does, and, yeah. and it did, um, and it still does to this day. Mm. Uh, as Sven does mm. when he comes into it, he signed a load of players. Mm. So Millsy signed. I remember Millsy coming in yeah. the same day as me to sign. Yeah, and uh, you know that was a familiar face. Um, we had uh, we just had a load of people that because remember we were owned by 
dog to taxing. Yeah. Uh, so there's a couple of the same people that, so there's a guy called Push who's still at Leicester now, who was also his, uh, his auntie was on the board at Man City. Okay. But I'd met Push at yeah. City before. Yeah. So all of a sudden Push was there and Push is still there and I'm, I'm really close to him. So there's a lot of correlations, a lot of like crossovers and things like that. The, mm-hmm. the the family feel of of Man City that Man City had to yeah what they what what we have now and continues to be and that that's the great thing about Leicester is they continue to strive yeah. you know new training grounds expansion of the stadium keep building that's what they're trying to do yeah we will always because of financial fair play and all that kind of thing we will always be a step behind the so called big teams yeah but on the pitch. Yeah. The reason I think that we've had the success that we've had is because people genuinely do enjoy being there. Yeah. And people understand that coming to Leicester might have been in the past a stepping stone to something bigger. Yeah. That's not necessarily the case anymore. Yeah. People want to come to Leicester because of the story we've created. Yeah. That's that's you know, and I think from the outside you look at Leicester thinking, well, that's that's an interesting story. A club of that size can then go and build like that mm-hmm. because yeah, we skipped a few steps when we went from almost relegated to winning the Premier League. Yeah, and then it's it, you know it, it it took some time finding the identity, but that's what then Brendan getting a manager of his caliber has done. That has then established who we are as a team and what we want to be and where we want to go. Yeah, one hundred percent. And to to go back to some time. So when you got promoted from the Championship, that was when I was at QPR, and we also got promoted that year. And I remember in that second half of the season, like we we needed to go on a run to do well. But every time we'd finish a game, we'd check to see the results and you guys hadn't lost. Yeah. It was every week. I think it was 19 games and beating you went or something, which was really, yeah. really annoying. But anyway, yeah. so we both got promoted. And I've got a confession to make. So being a guy that's technically in the media now, like I'll hold my hands up and say like, I am wrong a ton of times. And it's it's not like, it's because firstly, it's because it's football. But secondly, because like, I can't predict the future. You know what I mean? I don't know what's happening. If I, if I could, I'd be, I'd, be, listen, I'd be playing the lottery every single week, guaranteed if I could. But one thing I said, which, is, which I hope I will never defeat in terms of having a horrendous take, was in, I think it was Christmas 2014, you guys yeah. were bottom of the Premier League. And we were yeah. second bottom at QPR. And you were like six points behind us. And someone yeah. was talking about, oh, who's going to stay up, who's not? And I said, don't even worry about Leicester. They're irrelevant. I said, they're done. They're cooked, yeah? Fast forward approximately one year, <laughs> and Leicester City are top of the Premier League, and we're distinctly <laughs> in mid-table in the Championship. And I said, yeah, I think I got that one wrong. I think I may have just gotten that one wrong. But that was that was incredible. That was absolutely incredible that time. And, you know, I'm I'm happy for you. But then I was also very frustrated for ourselves because we were literally right. We came up with you. We were down yeah. there with you. And then yeah. next thing, we've never seen you again. It's insane. It, it, it is insane to think that, you know, that that kind of thing can happen. Yeah. You know, that, that you can be so close. Because I remember, I remember competing with you guys. I remember watching the game. I think you played Bournemouth. Yeah. Where you didn't win to get us promoted. Yeah, 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 that's you right, know? Yeah. Um, I, But I remember when looking, for, we were obviously the same, we were looking for your scores mm. that season. Um, but what we did when we came up, we kind of, for some reason, we changed the way we played. Yeah. We we went to play 4-5-1 and um, we, we tried being a bit more possession-based and all that. And 
you saw where it landed us. You know, yeah. we were at the bottom of the team. It wasn't us. It wasn't our identity. And I remember Nigel having a meeting with some of the senior players, and and I was including them in that back then. And it was like we need to release the handbrake. Yeah. Like so, the big thing was getting Vardy playing, getting Vardy playing because of his speed, particularly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and and the, the big thing was getting two up top. So having him and Leo Joa. Yeah. So we went we went with a three at the back. We had Robert Hooth came in. That was a massive turning point for us. Yeah, okay. Defensively, Robert Hooth, Marcin Vasilevsky, and uh, Wes Morgan as a back three. Mm-hmm. Now that's a that is a keeper. That is a yeah, that's what you want. Three. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that is that is a that is a very enjoyable back, back three to play behind. Esteban Cambiasos in the sitting role. Mm-hmm. You know, very experienced, could dictate play from there. And from that moment on, things just changed. Because it was like we said, we released the handbrake, mm-hmm. and we thought, right, well, we're down. Yeah. So we may as well go down, fucking fighting. Yeah. Give it everything, and if we, you know, if we squeak it on the last day, we squeak it on the last day. But then we went on, and we, I think, we won the la- from the last ten game from with ten games to go, we were ten points adrift. Yeah. And we ended fourteenth that season. There's an. I'm acutely we, aware. We I'm acutely aware seven. of all this. This, I'm acutely aware of all, all this, Casper. Yeah. This is like this stuff's giving me like shivers thinking about it because, like <laughs> I said, you guys were done. You were done. Yeah. Stick a fork yeah. in you at Christmas time. You guys are done, and that's yeah. that is incredible. And you know what? Like for as crazy as that was, I want to know for the next year, like in terms of you guys winning the league, do you think that will happen again in sort of our lifetimes, or do you think that's a one-off? Ah, uh, I think. I, again, it's difficult to well. Now I could I could put my head on the shopping block and say no, but it, do you know what was weird? It was weird because we we found that style of play yeah. that worked. It was as if it was as if we, you know, we had a bunch of keys. We we're trying to find the right key for the lock, and all of a sudden, bam, we found it. Yeah. We found a way to win 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 games in the Premier League, which we hadn't been able to do all season, but we found a way. And Nigel left. We went to pre-season without a manager. Claudio came in and wanted to change everything. And luckily, Craig Shakespeare convinced him not to. Say, listen, hey, these boys, we found a way to do it. And it really worked. You look at the end of our season. We, you know, we, we were flying. And he, the only thing he changed was going back to 4-4-2, but he kept two strikers. And we had a bit of a, an up-down start. We couldn't keep a clean sheet the first 10 games, but we did win. But it was like four three and all these mad, you know. We were, I can't remember. We were down against Villa and we two nil and we ended up winning three two and had these mad games. But then we found a level of stability, mm-hmm. and then we from there on, we we were just. But again, it was just that finding the key to winning games mm. and momentum, just momentum from the previous season. But that's usually what you just say from the championship over. though. That's what you say in the championship, surely not the Premier yeah. League. Like this is, we call, it's not you a meritocracy. So, but that's probably why it's a freak kind of incident because you would say that, but would it happen? I, I can't imagine, but Leicester was just something different. Like, again, there was something about the owner. There was something about the way he believed in us as players. You know, he would send us messages into our group chat, you know, about how much he believed in us. And yeah, there was just something different. 
to all the clubs that I'd experienced before. And there is a reason Leicester has been able to overcome huge obstacles on and off the pitch because we just don't do things normally. Mm. <laughs> I don't think there's any other way of really describing it. You know what's funny is that if you you didn't answer the question, which was great, but if uh, if that does happen See, again, that's my media. Acting yeah, exactly. Yeah, know? say nothing exactly. and no one will realize. <laughs> but if you if it was to happen again, especially during your career, then it would be your fault that it's happened because now your team's one of the biggest teams in the league because you are questing for the top four. You are F- FA Cup winners. This is your team now, so the expectations have changed. So I can't even ask the question: Will be the, will there be another thing like that from Leicester City? Because Leicester City winning something now isn't a surprise anymore. And that's crazy to think about. Well, I hope not. That And that was the dream. And that's particularly since Brendan's come in. That's been really the, the mantra is, you know, we, we don't want it to be a surprise anymore. Yeah. You know, we want to be in these situations. We want to be in these high pressurized games where everything's on the line in the finals where, you know, when you can achieve greatness, mm-hmm. you can achieve history. Winning the FA Cup for the first time ever in a club's history. You know, winning in the Premier League. Community Shield, you know, we, we've actually been in two of them. Yeah. You know, I've played in two. We've won one, lost one. and But these days out at Wembley and these big games, we lost in the semifinals to, to Villa in the Carabao Cup. But th- that's now a disappointment getting mm-hmm. to the semifinal. It's not an achievement anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the kind of level that we've been talking about getting to. And luckily, people are starting to see us at that level. But that's now our challenge. Because as I've always said, getting... Getting there is the easy bit, but maintaining it, staying hungry, keep improving, that's the difficult bit. Wow. Well, that's what I've found anyway. Do you know what? Like, we've been talking forever, so I'm going to draw it to a close, but this is the best thing you could have been saying because I, I mentioned before the parallel that when City were first taken over, you were playing in League Two. Then before you know it, you've won a league title after being on the journey that you've been on. So the path that you've been on, especially as the path of the son of Peter, is not what most people would have expected of you. But now you find yourself at Leicester in your 10th season, so you do a testimonial. 11th. 11th, 11th, but you do a testimonial as the captain, as somebody who's lifted the Premier League trophy, somebody who's lifted the FA Cup and the Community Shield, and the thought that there's more to come. Like, for me, that's inspirational, because I think for some ways it shows that sometimes what appears to be a disappointment is actually just a section of just road along your journey itself. So this is... This is... This has been brilliant. So I can't thank you enough. No, I've enjoyed it, man. I enjoyed it, man. And I hope good catching up. Yeah, for real, man. And I hope there's more success for you in the future. And if you do happen to be at Wembley that. again, chances are I'll be on the sideline of ESPN. ESPN, I hope you're listening. I'll be on the sidelines <laughs> of ESPN. Well, you were. I saw you after the. After the yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. That's yeah, what I mean. So if you get yourself there again, you know, you might see me down there again, mate. Well, I hope to see you there at the end of this season. That would, maybe, maybe even a couple of times. How about that? That'd be nice. Yeah, That'd all right, nice. mate. Well, thank you very much, Cass. No problem, mate. Enjoyed it. Take it easy, man. I'll, I'll be watching out for you and I'll speak to you real soon. Speak to you soon, mate. Yeah, bye. Right, so there you have it. Thanks for listening and thank you to our producer, Ryan Hale, like always, for making all of this possible. We've got two more weeks of regular content to go and if the stars align like I hope they will, they should be memorable to say the very least. So stay tuned and be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss out. Bye for now.